Good morning, church. How's everyone doing today? Okay, good. Um, well, first I'd like to send uh, pass on my uh, apologies from Lady Mimi who couldn't be with us today. Um, she's had a death in her family, um, so I'd like us as a church to keep her and her family in our prayers um, during this week, and we just pray for the comfort of the Holy Ghost uh, to be with the family this week. Amen. But Lady Mimi was supposed to read us a, a really awesome poem today for Women's Day. Okay, so I'm just going to steal a few of my time <laughs> um, to just read a few of the verses because I, 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 it's, it's such a powerful poem for all of us ladies. Okay, so once again, happy Women's Day to all of the ladies, all of the ladies that are married or have boyfriends. I hope their boyfriends and their husbands are going to spoil them rotten today. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this um, poem is called Rise Up, A Woman of God. And I'll read a few verses, but um, rise up, O woman of God, in what he has given you. The things God has laid on your heart, rise up, go forth and do it. Unlock what God has placed within you, the potential you have inside. The world is waiting for your release to expand your wings and fly. Arise, O woman of God, in your God-given gifts, for this is your finest hour. Arise in the Lord's holy might, ignited and empowered. For God is calling you to come forth to impact this world for him. Don't hold back or limit yourself. Let his power arise within you. You shall be strengthened in the Lord as you begin to arise, conquering those doubts that pull you down and believe who you are in Christ Jesus. For you shall surely be transformed. As in you, God increases more and become a woman of true excellence, bringing honor to her Lord. Amen. Isn't that such a beautiful poem? It's by a lady called M.S. Lowndes, if anyone's interested. Amen. Well, yes. Today it's the ladies' turn, and I'd really just like to thank all the ladies that, um, you know, just put up their hands to serve here today, some of them at very short notice. But you'll see, I think everything went really well today. So thank you, ladies, and happy Women's Day again. Okay. So today I want to talk to you about a topic which um, I believe goes hand in hand with what Pastor Tafara has been preaching over the past four or five weeks. Um, detoxing your mind is, is, is what the theme of our topic was. And this topic that I'm going to speak to you about today, I, I've called it Detox Your Words, right? Because I believe that in line with meditating on the word of God, we need to make sure that we're also aligning our mouths, our words, with what the word of God has to say. Amen. So how many of you know that Christianity is called the great confession? Right? Hebrews 3 verse 1 um, says that Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. Other versions of the Bible say profession. Okay. Now, the word confession, for those who don't know, is actually the Greek word that is um, homologous, okay? And it means to say the same thing as, dot, dot, dot. So when we're confessing the word of God, guess what? We're saying the same thing as God says. We are speaking God talk, amen? And we're releasing his creative ability into our lives. Now, most Christians here today are defeated. Why? Be because they believe and they confess 
the wrong things. They have spoken the words of the enemy. Our words, ladies and gentlemen, are the most powerful things in the universe. And I maybe just want to share a little bit about myself. Actually, I've got two testimonies, so I'm playing around with which one I should, tell, which one I should share with you. But I'll share with you the one about work. So um, I've had the privilege of working with a lot of people, uh, leading a lot of teams. And broadly, uh, and this is a theory according to Chipo Butai, right? So broadly, when you give people a task, they'll gravitate towards two groups, right? The first group is a group that's given a task. And yes, it is probably hard. It's probably a stretch task, okay? But these people have such self-belief and self-confidence, right? The first thing that will come out of this person's mouth is, oh, you know what, I got this. I can do anything that, my, that I set my mind to, okay? And these are the people that we want to work with, <laughs> okay? And guess what? The more they confess that in their work, the more successful that they are in their jobs. And guess what? They're the ones that get promoted. Yeah? They're the ones who get, uh, you know, the, the lovely corner office. Amen. And they're the ones that I want to work with. Okay. And unfortunately, the second group of people, okay, and um, I call these the icontas. <laughs> so they get the same task, the same task. Okay? And because they've meditated and they've renewed their minds to think that they're never going to be a success in anything, guess what? The first words that come out of their mouth is, I can't do this. This is too difficult. Ah, this is too challenging. I'm not educated enough. Oh, I'm not, uh, I'm a woman. Oh, I'm a man. Oh, I can't do this. And guess what? The moment that they've said those words, they are defeated. Church, you can never rise above the level of your confession. If you are going to be speaking about your failures, about your shortcomings, about your lack of faith, you will never, never, ever rise above that level of confession. Go with me to Proverbs 6, and I'll just read verse 2. Okay, verse 2 says, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Okay, and that word snared is, is trapped. You know a trap? You know, uh, I, I, I suppose they can use a trap to hunt deer and squirrel in Harare, right? So a trap. Thou art snared <laughs> um, by your words. Thou art trapped with your words. And thou art taken. In other words, you are caught with the words of your mouth. So believe it or not, whether you are saying something that's good or whether that you're saying something that is bad, your words will dominate you. A bad confession will imprison you. You'll be trapped. A good one will set you free. I like to say... A faith, faith-filled words give you victory. But fear-filled words will defeat you. Words are the most powerful thing in the universe. Someone say, I refuse to have anything with a bad confession. I refuse. I refuse it. Everything starts with a word. And the first person or the first being <laughs> to illustrate this was God himself. Amen. So go with me, oh wait, first, before we go to Genesis, um, just quickly in Hebrews 11 verse 3, we read that the worlds were framed. In other words, the worlds were created. Everything that you see around you, the universe, the stars, the moon, the sky, everything was created by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things that are visible. In other words, God created the world which was not there by the words that he spoke. Okay. 
So in case you think I'm, I'm joking, let go with me to Genesis, and I think we'll start in um, Genesis 1, verse 2. We'll start in verse 2. So we know in Genesis uh, chapter 1 is the story of, our, of, of creation, and we know that in six days God spoke the world and humanity into existence. Okay, so let's start in verse chapter 1, verse 2. And the world was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Okay, so here we setting the scene for what God is about to do. We can see that the earth was without form. In other words, there was nothing, 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 nothing on the earth. Okay, and the Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the waters. Then chapter 3 is really where creation starts. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. So I'm going to jump to verse 9. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together under one place. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. Let's jump to verse, uh, sorry, verse 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And just to illustrate the point, let's jump to verse 14, where God says, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And guess what? It was so. So why is this so significant? You might ask. What you'll read as you uh, go further down in chapter 1, verse 26 to be uh, specific. God then says something. Very profound as he begins to create us. He says, let us, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So let's go back to... Um, just the beginning of that chapter verse, where God says, let us make man in our image. Now, image speaks to the nature of God. Amen? Now, we know that in John 4, verse 24, the Bible says that God is spirit. Therefore, those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay? So, from that first part of um, Genesis 1, verse 26, we gather that God is a spirit. Okay? Then God says, let us make man after our likeness. Okay. So likeness speaks to his functionality, how he functions, how uh, his abilities. Okay. Now, how does God function? We've just read from, God, uh, from Genesis 1, verse 3 to 15, that God speaks and things happen. Amen. So putting those together, his nature and his likeness, what can we say? We can say God is a spirit. But not only is he a spirit, he also speaks. He also speaks of those things that are not there as though they were and they are. 
Amen. So putting it together, we can say that God is a speaking spirit. So if we are made in the image and after the likeness of God, guess what? We too are speaking spirits. Amen. And we too have the power and the ability to create the world around us through our mouth. Amen. Isn't that so profound? Isn't that so amazing? So words are powerful, ladies and gentlemen. And I think the issue um, uh, many of us face is that we've been throwing around words so carelessly without really realizing that there's so much creative potential, so much creative ability in the very words that we speak. If we're living a life full of defeat, we need to watch our words. And we need to start speaking words in line with what God says about our lives and about the victory we should be living. Amen. So let's just look at a few foundational scriptures before I really go into my, um, into my uh, teaching for today. And these, I'll, I'll just pick two because we don't have much time. But these are really scriptures that deal with the power of words and really just the creative power of words. Okay, Proverbs 18, verse 21, which I know you're all very familiar with, right? Uh, Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Your tongue has the ability to create life or death. So we need to make a decision to choose to use our mouths to bring life, to bless, to bring lives into our, into our, into our daily lives. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13 says, We having the same spirit of faith, According as it, is, as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Amen. So in order to activate your faith, you have to speak. And you're not just going to say anything. You're going to speak in line with what God has to say about your situation. Amen. So today I want to share with you five key Detox your mouth principles. Okay. The first one, if you're taking notes, faith-filled words can move mountains. Faith-filled words can move mountains. Do you want to move mountains? Speak the word of God. Amen. So let us go to Mark 11. Mark 11, uh, verse 13. Do they say amen? Amen. Today I'm using my analog Bible. <laughs> okay. So this was uh, Jesus and his disciples. Um, sorry, let's start in verse 12. Um, yeah, no, let's start in verse 11. And Jesus entered unto Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he looked around um, about all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree far off, having leaves, he came, if happily, he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, in other words, when he came to this fig tree, right, so he was hungry, he saw a fig tree with leaves, and then when he came to the fig tree, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Right? And Jesus answered and said unto it. Pastor, does your Bible say Jesus answered a thing? Did Jesus answer a tree? Well, Jesus answered a thing. 
<laughs> hey? So if Jesus can talk to a thing, maybe I should be talking to things. Hey? For him to have answered the tree, the tree must have said something to him, right? How many of you know that things talk to us? Your money talks to you. Your wallets talk to you. Your debt talks to you. Your body talks to you. How many of you know that when a thing talks to you and it's challenging you, contrary to God's word, you need to speak back. You need to answer it. Amen. (laughs) It's funny because I was sharing with Pastor this morning, my body tried to talk to me. (laughs) I was walking out of the bathroom in the darkness and I bumped my leg actually and it moved my uh, kneecap. It's a bit misaligned. It's actually quite sore. My body tried to talk to me and tell me, oh, today, how are you going to walk in church, huh? You're not going to walk in church. This is painful. You're going to have to sit down. And how many of you know I answered my body back? I told my body that by his stripes I was healed. And my kneecap had to line up with the word of God. Okay. So, Jesus answered the fig tree (laughs) and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Okay. And from verse 15 to verse um, 18, uh, this is the famous story of Jesus going into the temples, uh, you know, uh, uh, beating up the money changers and, uh, and, and essentially expelling them from the temples because they were really not honoring the house of God. Okay, so we're going to jump to verse 19. Okay. And when evening was come, so after the drama of the day, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, says unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursedest is withered away. And Jesus answered, saying, Have faith in God. Now, I like to read the Bible like a a novel, like a drama, right? And, uh, you know, King James doesn't do it justice. It doesn't have exclamation marks, right? I'd like to believe that Peter, when he saw that the fig tree had dried up from the roots, after Jesus had told it to wither away and die, Peter didn't come and say, oh, master, master, fig tree's died. Uh Uh-uh, no way. Peter came and he said, master, master, master. The fig tree that you cursed has withered away and died. I mean, he spoke in surprise and disbelief. Total disbelief. But guess what? Jesus wasn't shocked. He wasn't shocked. He knew who he he was. He was a speaking spirit. So what he said had to happen. So he just answered Peter and he said, you know what, Peter? He probably said, Peter, come on. Really? (laughs) But he answered Peter and he said to Peter, have faith in God. The actual proper translation of that is have the God kind of faith. Okay, amen. And he didn't leave Peter hanging there, right? He then went on to tell Peter how to actually release this faith. Okay. And so he goes on in Mark 11 verse 23 to explain to him how to release this faith. Now, if many of you are uh, familiar with Kenneth Hagin, they like to call Mark 11 23 Kenneth Hagin verse. <laughs> amen. Um, because this uh, Mark uh, Kenneth Hagen was um, actually uh, bedridden from a very early age. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't do anything for himself. Um, he couldn't even go to church. And um, one day, as he was reading the Bible, 
he got a he got a great revelation from Mark 11 verse 23, which actually resulted in him getting out of bed, okay, and leading an awesome ministry. Okay, so pay attention. Okay, so this is what Jesus said: For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. Amen. Let's just analyze um, verse 23 a little bit, okay? So for starters, okay, fine. Jesus spoke to, he pointed to a mountain. I mean, could have figuratively, he could literally have been pointing to a mountain. But I'd like to believe that he was talking to the literal mountains in our lives. Amen. So he's saying, whosoever. Okay, so he's, he's already qualifying who can effectively claim this verse. He says, whosoever. So are you a whosoever? I'm a whosoever. It doesn't say, it doesn't say some anointed prophet, pastor, teacher. It says, whosoever. So you and I qualify as the whosoever. Amen. So he says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, right? So a mountain can be any challenge you're facing. You know, are you facing a, a problem with sickness? Are you facing a problem with jealousy, with anger, with debt? Oh, what is your mountain? Jesus says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, unto whatever challenge you're facing, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but, but shall believe those things which he saith, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And here's the key to moving on the mountains in our lives. Jesus is saying, if you say it with your mouth and you believe it in your heart, you can have what you say. I also want you to notice something, church. How many times does uh, Jesus use the word say in this verse? Or saith? Right? He says, that whosoever shall say, that's number one, uh, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith through to shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He says it three times versus the one time he says believe. So it's not just enough to believe the word of God. You need to act on your faith. And Mark 11 verse 23 is saying that one of the ways in which you act on your faith is by speaking to your mountain, by telling your mountain to go. And once you've done that, you will have what you say. Amen. Right, somebody say, from today, I'm going to speak God's word only to the things that talk to me and say things contrary to the word of God. Amen. So the second principle I want to share with you today, for those that are taking notes, is that the word of God um, on our lips has final authority on our darkest hours, or even in our darkest hours. Okay. So go with me quickly to Matthew 8, um, verse, chapter 8, sorry, verse 5. I'm used to using a Bible app, so I have to consciously 
remind myself where Matthew is. And I'm being told I have five minutes. What a shame. Okay. Right. So, um, right. So, th- th- this, is, this is a really powerful story, right? So, this is really um, a story about a centurion whose servant was ill, okay? And he heard Jesus was in town, okay? So, let's start off from verse 8. I'm um, sorry, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 5, sorry. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, they came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. This is actually one of the two times Jesus marveled at something. (laughs) This is one of the stories. The other time he marveled at um, unbelief. (laughs) So here he's actually marveling. And he says to, to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, so not in Israel. Okay? And I'm just going to jump to um, verse 13, where then he speaks to the centurion, and he says, Centurion, go thy way. As thou hast believed, so it be done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Amen. So here was a man, and in those days, the centurions were actually quite rich. Okay? So the, this man was not poor at any, by any standards, right? So his servant was ill, okay? and he must have had access to the best doctors, you know, money for the best possible medical treatment, but his servant was not getting well. Right? So he believed in his heart of hearts, having heard the great miracles that Jesus had performed, that if he was to go to Jesus and ask Jesus to heal his servant, guess what? His servant was going to be healed. Okay. Um, so I'd like to think, as he asked Jesus for healing his servant, and Jesus responded to him and said, yes, I'm, I'm going to come and heal. I'll, co- I'll come, I'll come. Let me just finish what I'm doing. The centurion had a revelation. He said, listen, I've asked Jesus to come to my house because I believe that he has authority over sickness and death, Right? Guess what? I'm a centurion, so I understand how authority works. Why? Because I'm under authority. And not only that, I have several soldiers under me. Right? And all I need to do to exercise my authority is to speak a command, and they will obey. So if Jesus really has authority, which I believe he, do, he does, you know, um, he doesn't have to come all the way to my house. He can just speak the word. And sickness and disease will flee. They'll have no choice but to flee. And upon that revelation, he too spoke. He spoke to Jesus and said, Jesus, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't have to come to my house. I believe you have authority. Just speak the word. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And because of that, because of that step of faith he took through the words that he spoke, guess what? His servant was healed instantly. Amen. All right, I'm really running out of time, so I'm going to quickly go through my last four points. Um, 
my third point was our tongue or our mouth controls the direction of our lives. Yeah. Go with me to James 3. Um, we'll quickly read chapter 2 to 5. Okay. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold a, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Okay, so what James was trying to um, point out to us was just an analogy about a captain steering a ship, right? So effectively, when he's steering a ship, he has in his mind, you know, the direction the ship needs to go, right? And how he communicates that direction and how he makes sure that the ship aligns to where he wants to go is through a little component on the ship. I think it's called a rudder. Okay, it's a little, little component on the ship. And that uh, little uh, 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 thing on the ship is able to, to, to steer the, the, the ship to where it needs to go. And guess what? Even when the seas get very rough, when they get, you know, you, the, the, the pilot encounters very turbulent uh, 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 winds um, and conditions, he still maintains his course of action through lining up his rudder on the ship. Amen. So in the exact same way, we can translate that to our lives, right? That many of us have been given a God-given dream. Amen? And what we need to be doing is we need to be aligning our mouths, our tongues, to speak the word of God, speak those things that God has said about our dreams and where we need to go to. Amen? Just like the rudder is such a small and seemingly such a, um, a minor part of the ship, our tongues seemingly, I mean, they're very small relative to other parts of our bodies, but our tongues can effectively steer our, our direction in lives. So we want to make sure that whatever we're saying is consistent with the word of God, specifically concerning where God has specifically spoken to us uh, 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 about the direction in our lives. Amen. And just an, another analogy I wanted to uh, uh, paint in your mind. When a captain is steering his ship and he decides to go in one direction, okay, and then maybe an hour later he decides to turn his ship and go in the completely opposite direction, okay, and then maybe an hour later he gets a little bit confused. He thinks he's going the wrong way. He steers his ship and then goes in another direction, completely opposite, and then in the next hour he goes the other direction. Guess what? Where does he go? He goes nowhere. He ends up going in circles, right? But how many of us, let's take an example of, you know, you're, you're sick. You know, you're really, you know, you're not feeling well, right? We come to church and we confess that by his stripes I was healed, right? We believe it in our hearts and we're confessing it with our lips. Then we go to our workplaces and we spend the next five days complaining to our workmates. You know, oh, I've got a disease that's incurable. You know, the doctor said this thing, you know, it can't be treated, you know. Oh, my mother has to come and look after me because I'm actually really, really sick, you know. And then we come back to church on Sunday 
He's saying, by his stripes I'm healed. He's spending the next five minutes saying, by his stripes I'm healed. And immediately after we leave church, complaining about our sickness, guess what? Just like the ship goes nowhere, we're also going to go nowhere. Amen. So we really need to watch our words and make sure that whatever we speak, we're speaking in line with God's word. Amen. So I'm just going to quickly then summarize the last point. Um, sorry, my fourth point, just for those who want to take notes, because um, this, is, this is a really important topic. I'd like you guys to continue to just be meditating on some of the verses. So just to give you the point, um, point four is confession always precedes manifestation. In other words, confession always comes before what you're confessing manifests. Amen. So even in being saved, we know that we need to, see, we, we need to say something, right? Romans 10, verse 8 to 10. If someone's taking down notes, Wilma, if we can just quickly have it up and then I can read it. So it's Romans 8, verses 8 to 10. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And verse 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. So confession is made unto, unto, unto salvation. In other words, we believe that we are saved, but it's only after we have confessed that Jesus is our Lord, that we truly bring about salvation in our lives. Amen. Then just the last point, okay? You're taking down notes. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And that's illustrated in Luke 6, verse 45. We're not going to go there, but if you're taking notes, please write that down. So we know from our Detox Your Mind series that whatever you want to come out of your mouth, you need to deposit it in your heart. By studying and meditating, right? We saw Joshua 1 verse 8, you know, it says we must meditate on, our, on the word day and night and then we will make our way prosperous and then we'll have good success. Okay, so we need to meditate and study on the word of God. And we need to continuously do this. Why? Because out of the abundance of our heart and what we've deposited and stored in our heart, the mouth will speak and bring those things that you've meditated upon to pass. Amen. So as I close, I want to ch challenge you today, right? If you're not seeing promotion in your life, you're not seeing health in your life, you're not seeing prosperity in your life, maybe you're saying, pastors, I've been meditating on the word of God day and night. In fact, not even day and night, every second I've been meditating on the word of God, but I'm still fearful. I'm still struggling with jealousy. I'm still worried about my kids. I'd like to put it to you that you need to meditate on the word, but believing is not enough. You also need to start speaking the word. Speak the word only, like the centurions say. And watch those things that you say come to pass. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wasn't that wonderful? Amen. <laughs> Wow. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That was just wonderful, Lady C. Um, and just before we call upon Mabel to, to close up, um, I just want to 
call upon those that um, haven't given their life to Christ. Um, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Amen. So is there anyone today who say, I would like to follow the right path. I would like to follow the light. Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the light. And Amen. is there someone here who's saying that they want to come to Jesus today? We're all saved. Fantastic. Amen. Amen. I'll call upon Mabel so she can just finish for us today. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, just amazing. I think, just to summarize, just a few things that um, Lady Chippos touched on, and I think to add on to what we've been talked about in the last couple of weeks, let's bring it to reality let's because sometimes we hear these things being spoken about and we sit there and we think but we don't actually really complain you know we that's we don't we don't speak terrible things about ourselves i once heard um, one of the sermons i was listening to they said you must never ever use any words about yourself that you don't want to be true so something like i cannot afford it how often do we say things like that i can't afford it I want to, but I can't. I can't do this. Or I can't. It's, it just sometimes seems, if you bring it down to reality, it seems that it's things that we as Christians don't do, but we do. Things like complaints that Lady Chippa was talking about. We come here and we, we proclaim and we profess that, you know, we make declarations. But as soon as we walk out of here, we go home and we sleep because we are not feeling well. You know, it's little things like that. So I'd like to just invite us to please just stand. Um, we're just going to take some time to just pray um, and to start off with I think it's important that we need to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance those little things that we constantly think of ourselves those little things that we say about ourselves and we need to confess those things we need to come to a point where we bring them before God we just confess and bring everything before God because all the things that we we've been taught about the, the the prosperity the abundance that's there for us it's just not going to happen as long as we continue to think and to speak those things so if we can just take some time now let's just pray for ourselves not for anyone for ourselves ask the Holy Spirit where you are standing that he may just bring to remembrance anything anything that you have ever thought about yourself which is negative Father, we thank you for this word this morning. We want to just bless your name, Almighty God, for this word that has been spoken to us, Almighty God. The power of words, the power, the power, the power of words, the power of negative words that we speak about ourselves into our lives. Father, your word tells us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Those things that we continue to deposit in our lives, which are negative, Almighty God. We bring them before you this morning. We ask, Holy Spirit, bring to remembrance those little niggly things that we continue to say about ourselves. Come on, people, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Call the Holy Spirit this morning. Ask Him to bring to remembrance those things, those little things, those little things that will stop you from, from being promoted in your life. Those little things that will stop you from progressing from one stage, from where you're at, into the next stage in your life. Father, we thank you. 
your holy name. Oria mahata rabashire bosire mohondire. Rikaria mahata raboshie karabahazambre. Lumeria mahatri emohotu boshire behe. Sukeria mahata raboshire mosika. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. It's for yourself. You are doing this for yourself. Pray in the spirit this morning. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak and minister to you. Confess those little things that seem to be so innocent. Confess them. Bring them before God this morning. We bless and we praise your holy name. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Almighty God. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. Do not tend I Jehovah this morning, Father, that even as we come to you, Lord Jesus, your word says, Whosoever, we don't have to be a minister. We don't have to today if you can just repeat these after me please and I just want to exhort you that this does not become just a Sunday thing we heard Lady Chippo saying earlier on that in Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 we are to meditate on the word of God day and night when it's that time when those mountains because those mountains seem to want to find us when we are alone when we are not here, where we can get hyped up and get backed up in the scripture, they want to find us in the night where our husbands, our wives, or the people around us are asleep. We are on our own. 
and those mountains, they start speaking. They speak and they speak and they speak and they challenge you. Yes, you might come to church. You might be fired up even now. The word is absolutely great. That time when you're on your own, that is the time this word that's being deposited in you, that you speak it irregardless of what you see. Irregardless of when you look in your bank account, there is nothing. Irregardless, that is when you speak that word. So we're going to declare this word. I'm going to give you which scripture it's from. I would just encourage you, please, if you, you may not know where to start, start with these verses. Just start with these verses and let it go as you go on. So Deuteronomy chapter 28. We're going to start reading from verse 3. But I'm going to change it a little bit to make it relevant to us with declarations. I am blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the city. I am blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the field. The fruit of my body is blessed. The fruit of my body is blessed. The fruit um my basket is blessed. My basket is blessed. My storehouse is blessed. My storehouse is blessed. I am blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I come in. When I walk into the office, I am blessed. When I walk into the office, when I, am I leave the office, I am blessed. When I leave the office, I'm blessed. The Lord causes the enemies who raise up against me to be smitten. The Lord causes the enemies that raise up against me to be smitten. Enemies will come against me in one way. Enemies will come against me in one way. And they shall flee before me in seven ways. And they shall flee before me in seven ways. The Lord has blessed my storehouse. The Lord has blessed my storehouse. Everything that I put my hand to is blessed. Everything that I put my hand to is blessed. I want to encourage you guys every single morning when you wake up look in the mirror my boss always used to say I look in the mirror and I say there has never been a more handsome guy created look in the mirror if you cannot see the good in yourself nobody will no one will see it okay thank you guys so we just want to invite you next door um, but as we walk out we want to confess our motto, which is from 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, which says, We walk by faith and not by sight. So remember that. We walk by faith and not by what we see. Amen. Sorry, just one last one. Um, please remember the meeting for the conference in October. We are going to meet in the section here. Thank you.